0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your
1: first three orders while supplies last.
0: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: This time on Vet Story. I got to the highest weight i would ever been. I was
0: 263 pounds. I was on blood pressure medicine. Um, You know, my knees were starting to get kind of shaky and, uh, you know, my uniform didn't even fit. I would go, you know, on a crazy diet and go run crazy times and do whatever I could do to lose, you know, 15, 20 pounds. And then the next day after passing my test, I would gain it all back. And I would look at a kid who wanted to join, who came into my office at 195 and I was telling him he was overweight and he couldn't join the military. You know, the kid would look at you and go, yeah, well, I'm, I'm confused. What? I'm I'm overweight. At the end of those two months, I looked at the scale and there was absolutely no change. Not a single pound had come off. And I'm like, OK, wait a minute. It's the number one retention issue in the military. We lose more people in the chow line than we've ever lost on the battlefield. And so I finally got to this point where I'm like, I have got to
1: do something about this. Welcome to another episode of Vet Story. I'm your host, Phil Briggs. Like we say here on the show, it's a podcast about everything from the battlefield to bar stools. Insanely crazy war stories with bullets flying and bravery and valor. And sometimes offbeat weird stories about, you know, craziest places you've ever had a beer. This week will fall into the self-help category. I don't do a lot of self-help because frankly I'm not one to dispense advice on how to live the best version of you. Truth be told, I'm just trying to get it right myself. But as I recently traveled to a podcast conference in Philadelphia, I met a guy who said, hey, I do a weight loss podcast and I have a friend you need to talk to. He went on to tell me about his buddy Fat Dag. And while I don't want to refer to anybody to their face as fat, that's kind of the cool thing about these guys that podcast about the weight loss thing. They fully address the fact that at one point in time, they were totally fat and they can help you find the secrets that they found to shed the weight. So when I looked him up, he was right. He's an Air Force guy that is literally half the size of his former self.
0: Mike Daggett, uh, ranked as senior and of the Indiana Air National Guard, and I go by the name Fat Daggett. Although fat no more. Correct. You know, when someone gave me the title and they didn't give it to me because they loved me, uh, and so I'm not ever going to give it back. It was given as a gift. Uh, That's what I call it. And it's mine to own. And now it's an opportunity for me to really tell the story. People look at me and go, wait a minute, you're not fat anymore. Or you're not fat. And I go, let me tell you a story. (laughs) <laughs> and it's a great door opener.
1: Well, as we're on Vet Story, let's get into it. Tell me a little bit about where this started. You were, by the pictures I've seen on the website, uh, you were a robust man. There was a lot of you, and uh, you were full of life, but you were probably full of some LBs that you wanted to get rid of. Talk to me about how this all started. Yeah, when it came around to Christmas time
0: and playing Santa, that was my trick. You know, it was easy because the suit fit. And uh, the reality was, is the military uniform and the Santa suit uh, do not, they're not cut from the same cloth. So, uh, you know, Bob, one of my things, I've been military now for 27 years. It's, it's, my dad was Navy, retired senior chief out of the Navy. So being in the military, wanting to serve, it's the only thing in the world I've ever wanted to do is the only thing I've known And it almost all came to an end when the military said, hey, wait a minute, Mike, you're not keeping up with your end of the bargain. And that is you're not keeping up with your fitness. And, you know, I mean, I tell you, I used to do whatever I could job wise. You told me to go take the hill. I'm taking the hill by myself if I need to. You know, I will do whatever it takes to get the mission done. Uh, I just didn't uh, connect fitness to the mission. I never I never did that part. I was just too busy
1: working. And talk to me a little bit about the work. What's your MOS and what did you do? So I started
0: off as air traffic control maintenance. I was uh, maintaining uh, radar systems, and we would bring in a mobile radar into a bare field. And we would set up a complete airport in about a day, and then uh, the rest of you guys would show up and take care of us and protect us from that point on. So I did that for you know, a handful of years, and then I went into recruiting in 2001, just before September 11th. I went into recruiting, and shortly after, I went into recruiting in June of '01. And then, of course, September 01, the world changed and all of my buddies take off deploying and I'm stuck back in a recruiting office going, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be deployed. So that was a hard time, but I realized my mission was to make sure that the military was continued to be staffed by folks who could take care of the mission. Uh, So I took that title on and then I owned that for the last 17 years.
1: Now, have you been recruiting for 17 years or did you do any time? I have. Wow. Okay. So I started out, you know, started went through the chain, right? I started as a as
0: an actual recruiter and then a supervisor, and then I did some IT work for the Air Force uh, in the recruiting world, and then now I manage recruiting here for the state of Indiana.
1: Now, along the way, uh, as you'd said earlier, you know, there was uh, some diet issues, and you'd probably not connected your physical performance to the overall mission of the Air Force. Uh, talk to me about when you first noticed, or rather you know, when it dawned on you that you'd put on too much weight? So the,
0: the very first time, um, man, it was early, early on in my career, 1997. And so it just came back from the deployment, did uh, a good six, seven months over in uh, Hungary, over in um, Tezar Air Base in Hungary, where the you know, Bosnia mission was going on. And I was deployed with a whole group of guys over there and gals, great teamwork, we came back from that deployment, and you know the world changed. Our mission had been relocated, and the the, um, the, the boss was, "Hey, you know we're going to move your mission from the Maine Air National Guard over to the New Hampshire Air Guard. Uh, who wants to transfer? Who wants to stay?" And one by one, the entire unit said, "No, we're sticking together. Let's let's transfer." And every single one of them made the transfer. When it came to me, they said, well, "Hey, oh Mike. Uh, you're actually overweight. You can't transfer. You need to you need to lose some weight." And I you know I didn't think anything of it. I'm like I just came back from a great deployment. We're a team, we stick together, that's what we do. And so they all transferred except for me and I had to go on a, on a quick little binge diet to lose, I don't know, 10, 15 pounds at the time, uh, but it delayed it. And that was, that's the earliest memory I have in 1997 in the military of being overweight. And I struggled ever since then. And I just kinda do whatever it takes to kinda just barely hit the minimum so I could go put more time and effort into my actual job. And you know, that's of course the wrong recipe for sure.
1: Mike Daggett, or Fat Dag, as it is, went on to tell me about the humiliation he felt from that experience. But judging from the pictures on his website, fatdag.com, he channeled that humiliation and that frustration into losing a hell of a lot of weight. Yeah, it ended up being 91 total, uh, which was crazy to even believe that I had 91 pounds to lose in all. in
0: my head, I thought maybe I was 10 or 15 pounds overweight, you know and then, and then when I lost 15 pounds, I realized it was more than 15. So I lost 15 again and again and again. But um, it was this, the concept of forever this annual our annual fitness test would come up, and I would stress over it. And I was in nowhere any shape to go run or do any PT or anything like that. And so, but every year I would just, you know, for the month or two before the test, I would go, you know, on a crazy diet and go run crazy times and do whatever I could do to lose, you know, 15, 20 pounds. And then the next day after passing my test, I would gain all back and and I would just continue in that up and down cycle for much of my career. This particular time when I finally said, you know what, Mike, something has to be different. And it really, I got to the highest weight I'd ever been. I was 263 pounds. I would look at a kid who wanted to join, who came into my office at 195 and I was telling him he was overweight and he couldn't join the military. And so I started getting to my own psyche. I'm like, wait a minute, what a hypocrite. You know, the kid would look at you and go, yeah, well, I'm, I'm confused. What? <laughs> I'm overweight. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's different when you're in. And, uh, you know, I would kind of lie to him in that, in that regard. And so I finally got to this point where I'm like, I have got to do something about this. It's it starting to impact my health. I was on blood pressure medicine. Um, You know, my knees were starting to get kind of shaky and, uh, you know, my uniform didn't even fit. The picture I put on my website, uh, I'm not even wearing a belt in the before picture because it just didn't fit. And so it really got to me, you know, like, I don't want to buy the next size up uniform. I've kept doing that for years and years and years. And then suddenly my brain clicked. I'm like, you know, I'm going to do this Um, and I'm going to do it differently than I've done it ever before. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to attack it like we've been trained to do and just go tear it up. And somewhere in the middle of that process, something changed for me. And so it started out the same way. It started every other time. I would just, I'd go for a little bit around, I'd do some exercise, I would eat better. Uh, And then in the middle of that, when I finally actually passed my fitness test, the one that really was kind of a do or die test, um, I I came back from the fitness test and I sat at my desk and I ate an orange and a turkey sandwich that I brought in in the morning. And I recognized at that point, like my life is different. Um, I, I don't know exactly what that means yet, but I didn't go out to Buffalo Wild Wings and celebrate passing a fitness test. The fitness test would just end up being one of the workouts I did that week. So I, I just knew my life was different, and I continued from that point on systematically going through the process, and I dropped another, I don't know, like 30, 40 pounds for a total of 91. And now fitness and being healthy is just a part of my life, and I built it into my lifestyle um, but it pains me to see so many other people in the military who haven't tied their, their fitness and their health to the mission like, like we need to do.
1: What are you doing each week or what are you doing kind of like every day? Obviously, there's, there's a diet part and then there's some exercise part. Um, what does that look like for you each week?
0: When I first started, my, uh, I was taught to believe that you just go work out. You know, hey, if you need to lose weight, go work out more, Mike. Go for a longer run. Uh, do another run. I never really understood how, how critical eating was and as you, know, you can't outrun a bad diet. And that was me entirely. And I started off um, very early, very basic. I couldn't run. You know, the mile and a half run was, was going to kill me. I, I was pretty sure if I had to run it, it would have, you know, I would have fallen over. So I started off real slow, just really walking. Um, I, I went to the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning uh, every single day in January of, of 16, sorry, 15, and, and or, sorry, 16 it was. I went to the gym every single morning and I just walked for an hour. And then, um, I did that for two months thinking, okay, I just need to get my body moving. At the end of those two months, I looked at the scale and there was absolutely no change. Not a single pound had come off and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to the gym every single morning at five o'clock in the morning for an hour. And I lost no weight. Well, I was leaving the gym and I was hitting the McDonald's drive through on the way to work because I was working out more. I needed more food. I needed more calories um and when I finally finally figured out that actually what you eat has more impact to the way you're living, um then I finally said, Okay, I need to start looking at things differently and I need to figure out what kind of fuel I'm putting in my body. So now the number one thing I do is I eat right. Uh I balance it very well, you know, I, I make sure that I'm still enjoying life. You know, pizza and things like that still happen in my world. They just don't happen daily. Uh a beer on occasion still happens, it just doesn't happen daily. And so that's the number one thing I do. And then I do a strength training regimen once a week. I work with a trainer here locally. He puts me through the ringers. And then I run two or three days a week, depending on what's going on that week. I change my life. It's completely different.
1: Man, that's awesome, because what you just described is something that's very achievable. It's not like you just put out this, uh, you need to do the Michael P. Murphy CrossFit train and you know run a, a 50 miles with a 10-pound rucksack. I mean, you've put out right. a very achievable plan. And now that you've seen the results, is that what motivated you to start teaching others through your website?
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. So, you know, the, the same the concept that applied is, is I'm not a gym guy in that sense. Like, I, I have no desire to have, you know, the six-pack abs and, you know, and then the muscle, you know, 0% body fat. Because the dedication that it takes to do that is just not the way I've built my life. I may get there in the future, but that's not where I'm at at this stage in this season of my life right now. And what I realized for so many of us who are stuck in this overweight, you know, when we see these pictures of these, you know, these guys of bodies that we consider unattainable, uh, they're unattainable for our season in life. And so you can't tell a guy who's 91 pounds overweight weight and say, you know what, what you need to do is you need to go to the gym seven days a week. Because that, that there's no connection. And so my, my thought was, when I learned that it was strictly just walking at first, and then I, I use a term I call now is set attendance goals versus performance goals. You're way better off walking into the gym and walking out every single day than you are going there one day doing this Navy SEAL kickboxing cardio workout where you can't move for a month after. You build no sort of habit of, of building your life and changing it. So I say set an attendance goal. The attendance, I've told people so simple as pulling the parking lot of your gym sit there for five minutes, and then go home. At some point, you will say, okay, I really should go in now. But if you do that every single day, you will eventually build that habit of going, and then you just increase that habit of now I walk through the door, now I use a machine. And so again, the folks of us who end up getting overweight, we're not the guys who have the unlimited gym memberships and they are six hours a day. So there needs to be this intermediate step, and that's where I'm providing this the inspiration of guys, the intermediate step is you just start eating better, start doing more. And then if you, when you lose 91 pounds, sure. Now you're like, okay, now I want to, now I want to kick it up a notch.
1: And I love the fact that you just use the analogy of like, just going, even pulling in the parking lot a few times. Yeah. uh, Because I I I just, I, I just interviewed a Navy SEAL who taught a person to swim. And it was like, they had this, Crazy fear of water, and he knew he couldn't start by teaching them to swim. He had to first teach them to just not be afraid of water. So their first lesson was getting in the pool and getting their face wet, getting into the water. You know, being hip deep in water and not freaking out.
0: Yeah, I I told I told a person the other day. um, You know, she's talking about she had a workout DVD. It's a thirty-minute DVD. I said, "Listen, I said, so take this thirty-minute DVD and develop a plan around it." it's not realistic for you to believe that you're going to be able to crush this 30-minute workout consistently. So what I want you to do is I want you to put it in the DVD player. I want you to watch the first five minutes. Just watch it. And I want you to participate in the middle five minutes, and I want you to watch the last 20 minutes. You now had a 30-minute workout where you actually only moved for five minutes. Tomorrow, I want you to work out for the first five, watch the last 25. The third day, I want you to watch the first 10 and then, you know, do, and then slowly you'll be like, okay, I can add six minutes, seven minutes. But if you do that every single day, you blocked out that 30 minute window, but you haven't killed yourself where you can't compete. You know, so many of like, yeah, us, you, you do so much. We go to the gym, we try and burn lose all the weight in one gym session. I've never seen anyone successful at that model.
1: <laughs> True. And as we wind it up, talk to me about uh, what's something good to eat? What's a good dinner plan? What's a good dinner option that you have now versus what you would have had, you know, years ago.
0: You know, I, I like the lean proteins. I like the turkeys and the chickens. Uh, I'll still put a nice steak on the grill on occasion, but, you know, but it's different now. You know, the baked potato has a lot less butter, if any. And I, I really, I, I do a great job of what I consider balanced now. And so uh, I balance my meals. I balance my day. There are certainly days where, where I enjoy life still, but I do it in, in such a moderation. And I know that it's just so different to say, you know what, I'm actually... Uh, this does this. The question I ask is: Does this align with your goal, or does it not align with your goal? And do you care? So I think you have to ask yourself every single day: You know, does this activity, does this food align with my goal? If it does, do it. If it doesn't, ask yourself: But am I okay with that today? And you only really have to be right about eighty-five percent of the time. You know, if those of us expect to get it right one hundred percent of the time, you're going to set yourself up for that perfectionist failure. Get it right 80% of the time. Enjoy your life the other 20% of the time. That, that balance is achievable. Uh, we don't need to overthink this. It really is beyond simple if you just say, okay, my goal is to get in better shape, to move more and eat better. That's an easy goal.
1: There's also some motivation that we can find, and you give it every week on your podcast. Talk to me a little bit about that.
0: For sure. Why is Advice. W-H-Y-S is the podcast I use because you've got to know why you're doing this, right? And, and, you know, nothing you do in life comes without your why. So we, we spent a lot of time saying, why are you doing this? Really, for real, why, why are you doing this? So Wise Advice is a podcast. Fatdag.com is, is my website. And then my nonprofit is OperationFatdag.org. Uh, that's where we're going to take military members who just need a little bit more TLC than what they're finding in their unit and we'll provide that inspiration out to them. But if you Google Fat Dag, you'll find me. Uh, that's, that's the way to get of me.
1: Nice. Fat Dag. Indeed. Fatdag.com. And uh, after the Air Force, after you're done and you uh, smooth sail into retirement, uh, what's on your horizon? This is
0: the reason I'm retiring now is that uh, I realize that some of the tools that I'm developing and some of the, the conversations I'm having with policy leaders and policymakers is it becomes a, a, a little bit uh, convoluted as I try and do it as a military member. So it requires me to step out of the uniform and serve in a different capacity, saying, you know, I want to make sure that, that we can do it. It's the number one retention issue in the military. We lose more people in the chow line than we've ever lost on the battlefield. And no one's addressing it to the point that I think it needs to be addressed. And, uh, and we're going to go after it, because I want to make sure that our number one, re- number one retention issue uh, continues to allow people to, re- to serve and end their careers on their turn honorably. Um, that's why they. That's why they raised their right hand. You know, swear to defend the Constitution against all enemies. Uh, sometimes we don't realize that sometimes the enemy could be our internal thoughts. And I want to help them with that.
1: And on those wise words, we'll put an end to this episode. Again, you can see more about Fat Dag and his journey into weight loss. You can get motivation for your own weight loss at fatdag.com. And you can find his podcast at Wise Advice, that's W-H-Y-S, Advice. Speaking of podcasts, if you like this one, I encourage you to subscribe in iTunes. We'll put a new one out every Friday. If you wanna see more of them right now, you can go to connectingvets.com and you just click on the podcast tab. It'll take you right to Vet Story. So now I'm gonna go work on my own diet, having a few more fruits and vegetables and a few less beers. But I'll always be hungry, for the next incredible tale that we'll share right here on Vet Story. <sighs> Spring
0: is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact